You're listening to Hockey to Heroin, the road to recovery on the Hockey Podcast Network. New episodes Wednesdays and Saturdays. Follow Hockey to Heroin on Twitter. That's at Hockey, the number two, heroin for updates and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Ladies and gentlemen. majestic and resolute where you pursue your dreams with hard work dedication sacrifice discipline and passion but above all it's respect for what the ice can do for you it was always my goal to make it to the nhl since i can remember i wanted to be a hockey player when you're hot you're hot really of old with his fourth goal of the game and the Kelowna rockets having a whole lot of fun tonight but the ice and all its majesty can hit you back when you least expect it. An injury, my first year pro at 21 years old, led me down a dark path to Oxycontin. Shortly after that, I found myself addicted to heroin and not playing hockey. Demons hide in every corner. They can take everything away from you. Everything you worked so hard to achieve. And before you know it, the demons own you. Ultimately, I became homeless on the streets in Vancouver on Hastings, which is widely known as the worst block in North America. Brady Leovold was on the edge of realizing his dream of playing in the NHL. Then he lost it all to drug addiction. I was hiding a dark secret. These are real stories about pain, loss, and genuine people. The sad truth of it all, success comes with a price. Wanted to die many times I was in the psych ward, tried to commit suicide. Welcome to the Hockey to Heroin Road to Recovery podcast with your host, Brady Leavold. Welcome back to another edition of Hockey to Heroin, the Road to Recovery. This is episode number 53. This is Brady Leavold coming at you guys from Morrisburg, Ontario. Once again, I'm at Matt Thompson's house, uh, hours away uh, from getting back on the ice again. Uh, looking forward to it, getting on the ice twice this weekend. Um, man, I was rusty the last time I was up here, and I have not been on the ice since. So I don't expect it to go much better. Uh, but hey, uh, it's always good to get on the ice, and you got to start somewhere. Hope you're all having a great Saturday morning if this is when you're listening to it. Uh, I hope that you're listening on the Hockey Podcast Network. You can check them out anywhere on social media at HockeyPodNet and their website, www.thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. If you like that new intro, um, like I do, uh, we can give full credit to my friend Steve Buckley down in Beaverton, Oregon. He has done uh, so much work for not only me, but for the Puck Support Foundation as well. And uh, uh, never hesitates uh, whenever I call on him. And Steve, I truly, truly appreciate it. Wonderful work once again, my friend. Uh, I'm actually going to update it a little bit uh, because after Steve made that, I was on a different podcast called Sports and More with Dean Millard. Um, Darren Millard uh, is really well known. This is his brother, Dean, who's very well known as well. And uh, 
he's a very avid podcaster and has several great podcasts and i was on the sports and more podcast and what an experience that was uh, definitely guys check it out i'll post the link in the description and uh, i'm gonna take the bio that dean put together mixed with steve's voice and i'm gonna clip together a new intro uh, so look for it in the coming weeks uh, but I do want to say thank you to Steve. Uh, what a great voice. I uh, hope you all like that new intro. I just absolutely love it. If you heard me in the intro, uh, I'm at Matt Thompson's in Morrisburg. Um, and I'm so lucky uh, to have met Matt Thompson. And uh, I know I say this all the time, but let me quickly say once again, uh, just how lucky I am that I have him as a friend. Uh, we've only known each other for a short period of time, uh, and I, I haven't had a friend like this in my whole entire life, I don't think, certainly uh, not in my adulthood. And uh, wow, uh, you know, him and I have been able to connect through many different things, uh, none more important than Matthew Lazinski, who is his best friend. and unfortunately passed away uh, to a tragic overdose in 2017 and Lazinski was a, a star hockey player a second round draft pick of the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds he played in the OHL uh, but struggled with mental health and addiction um, and his story is eerie um, in, a, in comparison to mine how similar and um, when Matt shared the story with me it just changed everything that I started to do and it's been great, um, you know, getting to learn about Matthew Lazinski and, and uh, being able to honor him in this way. And I know Matt Thompson is very proud to be doing this and, and uh, through the Puck Support Foundation. And guys, you can check us out. The Puck Support Foundation is new. We need your help. We need people to get involved. We need people to donate money. But more importantly, we need people to spread the word. And that doesn't cost anybody anything. Uh, just to share and just to spread the word of what we're trying to do because uh, the amount of people that reach out to me every single day is it's disturbing. And uh, I wish that I could do more to help everybody. Um, and I will. We will. There's no doubt in my mind, guys. Check us out on social media, at Puck Support, and the website, www.pucksupport.com. Uh, we're going to... We're going to change the hockey community and the world through the Puck Sport Foundation. And uh, it's a direct result of Matt Thompson sharing the story of Matthew Lazinski with me. Uh, and from there, uh, learning about all the other tragic stories um, and remembering the ones that I had already heard. So Matt, thank you for sharing the story of Matthew Lazinski with me. Uh, but more importantly, buddy, thank you for being such a great friend. Um, you've really, really helped me. And uh, I don't think you'll ever um, fully, fully understand. Um, so thank you, Matt. I love you, brother. Once again, guys, though, you know this episode is proudly brought to you by Team Issue Limited. Team Issue is connecting all walks of life. 
Team Issue does this by recreating that special feeling of being part of something bigger, a community for all striving towards the same goal. Guys, check them out, teamissue.ca. Use promo code TOEDRAG15 to get 15% off your total purchase. Matt and I were actually watching inside the bubble, the NHL bubble, and saw Mark Stone, NHL superstar Mark Stone, former Brandon Wheat King, wearing a team-issued snapback hat, the gray one that I always wear. What's up? Team-issued is in the NHL. Check it out, guys, and get 15% off. Use promo code TOEDRAG15 to get 15% off your total purchase. Jesse Paradise, the owner of that company, my former teammate. I'm proud of you, brother. You're making strides. Team-issued is here. Check it out, guys. I love it. I absolutely love it. But without further ado, we're going to get right into episode 53. And this one, guys, what an amazing, amazing man you're about to hear from. So without further ado, it is my privilege and honor to introduce to you guys episode number 53. Today, as we speak, there's a boy out there going about his life, dreaming his dreams, and hoping his hopes until Graham James crosses his path. And cross his path he will, because that's what he does. He preys upon the unsuspecting. The saddest part is that there are many Graham James out there, different names in different towns and cities even in your own communities, and yes, possibly even in your own families. Yes, I said it, they are everywhere. It is time that the predators know that they need to take notice and be scared. There's no place for you to hide today. We're shedding light on those dark corners where you cower. For you and I call upon all Canadians, those who have suffered and those who stand with the suffering. We're calling out to our politicians and to stand up for the one in three girls and the one in five boys who will be sexually abused before the age of 18 in our country. Theron and I are calling out to you, the people of Canada and the world to take this issue now to our politicians and demand change. Ultimately, I think when I first remember telling people that I was sexually abused by Graham James, it was a relief, but I, I think at the same time, we're very vulnerable at that moment. And, and uh, the, the people that I speak with today, it was definitely one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. You know, it took a lot of years to just evaluate my own personal demons, I guess, or to understand that it wasn't the city and it, it, it wasn't the organization. It was, uh, it was one man that, that had caused all the harm in my life. What I understand more today is, is understand my fears. And my fears were of Graham James. They weren't necessarily of the city of Swift Current. When 
you cause a lot of pain in, in any relationship. I think that, you know, I, I left my boys at a young age and, and, and I, I don't think I brought their dad home until, you know, probably six or seven years ago. I started taking notice of what I was doing and, and taking responsibility for my actions. So, you know, trying to rebuild those relationships is obviously of the utmost importance to me. You can only hurt so much that ultimately you feel it to the point where you, you know. So you have that feeling, just reach out. You're not alone. You're never alone, and we're all in this together. Today, I'm, I'm very proud. My children are more aware of what I accomplished. Uh, they're, they're proud of their father, you know, but nothing can say as much as proud as I am of them. What I've done in my life and what I've accomplished in my life means nothing without the support and love of my children and my family. I think it's good. I, I like it. I like him a lot more than who he was before. I mean, it's a lot easier to talk to him and stuff like that. It's, it's definitely made a big difference in my life. So, yeah, it's changed for the good. When you find that right place, it's, it's worth all the pain. I think that the people out there who are still suffering, you'll know when you're ready. There is a place and time for healing. It is now. I still bleed blue and I still live and die for the Swift Current Broncos. My name is Todd Holt and I stand today with Theron Fleury and with all those who have suffered or are suffering as a victor over sexual abuse and an advocate for change. All right, but I've been really looking forward to this one. I got tears in my eyes. I got to wipe them away once again. Uh, this guy, wow, uh, long before uh, I spoke to him, uh, I donned uh, a Swift Current Bronco jersey as well. And if anybody uh, was in the Swift Current Broncos dressing room, because I don't know what it's like nowadays, but if anybody listening was in the Swift Current Broncos dressing room, uh, from the time that I was in there, from I would say 02 for sure, uh, probably before that, but that was the time when I can say for sure 02 uh, till I left uh, in 07. Uh, the walls of that dressing room were plastered with all the records, uh, and two names uh, stood above all. Uh, one was Brian Sackick, and the other one was Todd Holt. Uh, wow, he's one of very few very very few in the 400 point club in the Western Hockey League uh, what an accomplishment what an accomplishment um, you guys obviously heard it in the intro it hasn't been a secret this guy has been uh, leading the charge with guys like Darren Fleury and Sheldon Kennedy who have both been on the podcast and become friends of mine um, and like you heard he's Darren Fleury's cousin um, and had some unfortunate things happen but you know what? He's, uh, he's living a, a good life now. Uh, and uh, I'm so grateful that you know I can call him a friend. And, and so lucky that he's uh, agreed to come on the podcast. Episode 53. Uh, originally an eighth round pick. 184th overall by the San Jose Sharks in 1993. Um, after you know back-to-back 100-point seasons. He almost went triple. Uh, with, if he probably didn't, he didn't play all the games. If he didn't get hurt, he probably would have. Uh, but hey, let's do it. Todd Holt, thanks for doing this, man. Hey, buddy, how are you doing, Brady? Thank you very much for the intro. Hey, um, my pleasure. And I, I know it might have been 
hard to hear, but you you've been you've been at this a long time and you've been advocating for change for a long time. And before we get into the episode, let me say thank you, um, because uh, as I speak, probably for many, uh, you know, you've you've helped me get through some of the things that I've gone through and that I've spoke publicly mm-hmm. as well. And, um, you know, it's certainly not easy. And uh, you've uh, been advocating and speaking out about it a lot longer than I have. And, and that's something I want to talk to you about because there's still days when, when I struggle. And and uh, obviously my Absolutely. my yeah, my situation, your your situation was so public. Uh, how, how was that um, when it first happened, when it first originally came out and people started to, uh, you know, become aware of the situation? How, how were you dealing with that at that time, if you don't mind me asking, Todd? Um, when I first started dealing with it, ultimately, I, you know, I wanted to make sure I had the, <laughs> a good foundation underneath me. When I reached out to uh, Sheldon and uh, in Calgary here, I was still living in Regina. And, you know, I always dreamed about being a man just like my father. And, and, and when, I, when I was in Regina, I was absolutely nothing like the man. I Everything about me was falling apart. I couldn't find anything in my life at the time that I was going to be grateful for. And ultimately, I wanted to make change. You know, I had lost, you know, when you say you've walked in someone else's foot, I know what you've been through. You know, you, you, I, I lost everything. I was living on a buddy's sofa, you know, living a horrible life where, you know, everybody, sure, they treat you like gold because you've accomplished some things and the only reason they're around you because you're you're drinking and you're drugging and you're you're doing all this stuff and it, it was it wasn't a life for me so ultimately i wanted to make sure i had that foundation and i phoned sheldon and sheldon asked me to come out to calgary to deal with it and and ultimately um that was the first step i was in i just you know i had to clean up my act and so i went into recovery and i uh one of the greatest things I ever did and one of the hardest things I ever did. You know, I had to leave my children back home, my parents, everyone, and, and go on the road, do it all myself. Todd, you mentioned that, you know, you were living in Regina, you weren't living a life uh, like your dad. You always wanted to live a life like your dad. When you were saying that, uh, I couldn't help but think to myself, wow, uh, I thought I was living the exact same way. Uh, I always wanted to be like my dad, who was such a great guy. He's a fireman. He was just on my podcast, and people listening got to hear from him, which was great. And him and I have been able to sort of mend our relationship. But again, I was, you know, drinking, drug, and doing all the same things, and and nowhere near um, living that life uh, like my dad. And uh, it, it just, it kind of, you know, threw me. You know, there's many guys that have gone through um, playing hockey. And it's you also mentioned that they, they treat you a little differently because of your accomplishments and the same thing. I dealt with the same thing. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they're kind of feeding, feeding your ego while, while your, your yep. career is gone, uh, while also <laughs> feeding you drugs and alcohol. And that's a dangerous, dangerous combination. Uh, how was, how was the, the process from going, okay, um, I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, and getting out to Sheldon's, uh, was, were you pretty terrified at that point? Um, I think it's always scary uh, in that scenario. I remember back to when the, the day I decided, I, I was sitting at the cabin with my parents watching the Ryder game. And it was Thanksgiving weekend, October 9th, 10th. 
2008, and uh, I remember sitting there and having a beer with my dad, and I go, I don't, don't even want this beer. And he took it and he said, well, quit. And uh, and that was the last beer I had for four years. Um, you know, he I, I stepped away from it. I went home. I started getting help. And I ended up out here in Calgary. Um, yeah, the fear, like, I remember going through the process and, you know, and in, in the program and stuff like that when they asked you, what are you scared of? You know, and I used to look around and say, well, I'm pretty scared of spiders, man. You know, and those big snakes probably, you know, you didn't understand what fear meant. And it was almost like my, my hockey ability. I didn't know how I, how well I played or how, you know, what I was capable of doing. You know, and so when when I started going through all this stuff to compare it to fear, I didn't know how afraid I was until I started breaking down, took out the hammer and chisel and started breaking down those walls. And, you know, when you start breaking it down, um, you know, the, the, the son I brought back to my mom and dad was, you know, it was, it was one of the greatest things I've, I've ever done or bring, bring the dad back to my, to my boys. It was one of the greatest accomplishments I've ever done. You know, it's, uh, it's one of my biggest moments. Is you know, I've won the Western Hockey League with some amazing teammates. Still hold the all-time goals, all-time points. And you know, that that going home and seeing their faces and seeing they saw the change was unarguably one of the greatest moments of my life. So. Well, that's awesome to hear because uh, I've also mentioned this in the past where I have I have two kids that uh, I haven't spoken yeah. to in, in five years. And that's something, Todd, so, you know, you're older than, than myself. And, and, like, I really look to you for inspiration and guides and, and like, hope, right? Like that yeah. that, that one day uh, I, too, can and have a similar story. And, and again, I have to understand that it, it may not go exactly like I planned, but just keep doing, just keep doing <laughs> yeah. exactly what I need to be doing and making the right decision. Right. And, uh, I kind of want to jump back in, um, into the mm -hmm. hockey, the hockey aspect of it. I just wanted to sure. talk, let's, let's talk a little bit about your minor hockey days. Uh, you were born in yeah. es Estevan, right? No, I was born in a small town, just 30 miles east. Uh, it's called Oxbow, Saskatchewan. Oh, okay. I know. I, I'm yeah. familiar. I'm familiar. Yeah. And I was raised as a little, Farming community called Alameda, Saskatchewan, about eight kilometers away. Uh, my dad was a grain buyer in town, and I had two, three older siblings, and uh, you know, it was just small town living. And you know, he always played a little bit higher, right? When I was eight, I played with the tens, you know, stuff like that. And it was, I lived to be on the ice, right? I was, <laughs> if this was a free moment, I snuck into the rink. I skated in the dark, I skated all the time. I just, you know what, it was just something that was a part of me. And, you know, ultimately back then, there's, you know, there's some tough times. Our family didn't have a lot. And, you know, dad, my dad was a um, bit of a drinker himself, which was a difficult thing for the family. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was just some tough times. My brothers and sisters, they, uh, they didn't have a, great life or you know they didn't see i didn't see the stuff that they saw and you know i was a little bit younger i'm six years younger than my next oldest sister but um you know i was unaware I, so briefly i saw flashes of it but you know 
when I started playing more intense hockey, uh, when I started playing A hockey and stuff in Estevan, and it's, uh, you know, ultimately my father had to make some changes. And, and you know what? In the, in the long run, he sure did. He made them for me. So. Well, that's awesome. That That's great. And that's what parents do. And that's the same thing you're doing for your kids and the same thing I'm going to do for my kids. And um, you are uh, you had some a pretty uh, competitive competition in the family with uh, Theo, obviously. And, and yeah. you and him, you and him, you guys are built the same. You guys skate the same. Um, did you try to? Did you look up to him a little bit? Absolutely. I grew up my whole life watching Theo. Right. So when he was in the Western League, you know, or even just playing minor hockey. Um, right? So my mom used to go to hockey tournaments. Just he was unbelievable. He was. Um, a god in Manitoba, and he, you know, was uh, was one of those kids that, similar to a lot of us kids, that you, you don't even know <laughs> what you're capable of doing. You just did it because it was the thing to do, and you, you were good at it. And it was a gift we were given, and you know, he was one of those guys. Absolutely, I watched him my whole life growing up, and when you know, when you start to play pro and and stuff like that. You, uh, you know, I was drafted by the Sharks, and it, it's fitting. I'm your 53rd um, cast. I was number 53 in San Jose for my exhibition game that I ended up playing. You're joking me. You're joking <laughs> no. me. Okay, do you want to know something that's so crazy? I'm not even kidding you, okay? This is so crazy, and it, it dates back, and I, I'm not even kidding, Holder, that I was literally just thinking about this because this has happened before on my podcast where number 24, we had Matt Thompson, where I am now, and, and two other teammates of Matthew Lazinski, the guy who passed away, who I do everything for. Um, he, that was his number, and the episode that we were doing, it just happened to be number 24. Then I had somebody else was their number, and then Robert Frid was 44, and then today, yeah, just crazy. That is, that's too cool. See, everything happens exactly the way it's supposed to happen, right? You're exactly right, Brady. And may I say to you, take a moment and say how proud I am of you and all your books. You're, you're continuing to take strides forward, and a lot of us are paying attention, and we're very proud of you because you're leading the way. You're doing something that a lot of people, it takes a lot of time and effort, and you're, you're doing it, and they're keeping you on the right line. And you're doing a great job, and I just wanted to say that before we go any further. Uh, I appreciate that, Todd, and and that means a lot uh, coming from anybody, but especially coming from a guy like yourself. Like you know, I can't tell you um, how many times I would look up at those records in the Swift Current Broncos uh, <laughs> thing and just be amazed, and I'd be like, he had how many points in his career? Four hundred and twenty-three <laughs> points in three hundred and twenty-one games, and then another fifty-one in playoffs. Like, come on, like, did you, you must have just had a blast. I mean, there was other stuff going on uh, off the ice, but when you were on the ice, um, that must have saved your life during those times. Well, I was, I've always said in, in a lot of interviews, uh, I gave Rob Vanstone from the Regina Leader Post to, to a big interview when I released my name for the first time. And, and, and that's exactly what we, we talked about. It was, you know what, it was, on the ice where Graham couldn't get me. I was safe. You know, I looked up at my, I had all the fans and my teammates and I just played, you know, when I scored, I shared every, every goal 
I was looking up at the fans and I knew each season ticket hole, I knew where they sat, and, you know, and it was, it was a freedom. Yeah. And that's what I said, the stuff happening off the ice, you know, it was, it was horrible. And, you know, you never had any control, um, but to, to, to keep it all balanced, it was, it was exactly what you're saying. It, it was, it was my freedom. It was my, my safe place. And what out of all the places that could be safe and swift current, it was on that ice. Yeah. So you know, I made made the best of it, and you know, I said I thinking back to breaking the the goals record. I remember we had a home and home with um, Regina Pats, and I needed one to tie and two to break it. And you know, when you're approaching these milestones and stuff, I like got every day there's someone asking you about it. You just want to get it over with. And at the time, John Foster was our PR director, and uh, he comes up to me before the game in Regina, and I think that night in Regina, there was like, oh, I can't remember how many people came up from Esteban and Alameda and all over my hometown just to see if uh, if that was going to be the night. And John comes up to me before the game and says, hey, do you think he can not score tonight? And can we do it in front of our hometown crowd tomorrow night? Huh. <laughs> and I was like, holy fuck, Fozzie. I'm like, just let me score. I said, you know, I said, my parents, everyone are here tonight. I said, I'd really like to do it tonight. So I said, let's, we'll see what happens. And I think I ended up with four that night. So wow. I, it was, it was a good game in Regina and it was, it was a, it was a milestone. I'll, I'll always remember. And, and you know, and cherish. I said, you know, I have some great, great line mates playing with the likes of Kimby Daniels, Jeff Sanderson, Andy Schneider, you know, Rick Gerard, just amazing, amazing players that, you know, made me <laughs> and let me, let me do what I had to do. And they got me the puck when they needed to get the puck. And, you know, it was, well, that, that seemed like the, that seemed to be the smart thing to do, Holter. Just get you the puck, <laughs> right? That's what I, said. I retired from pro when I used to play senior in uh, in Lapman and Lapman, Saskatchewan. I played a little bit in Milestone and I played a little bit all over. And I remember going to the desk and I'm like, "Okay, guys, here's the power play tonight. Give me the puck." <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I used to joke around about it, but I yeah. said, "You know what? I've." Uh, I've just been a very lucky guy, and you know I say, have a attitude of gratitude today, and I'm very grateful for all those accomplishments. Yeah, for sure, and it, I mean, let's. It's good to. I hope that you take some time to to really, you know, be uh, be proud of it yourself, um, and, and in a way where you can almost where people would look at it and be like, maybe that guy's being cocky or arrogant, but you should take a second. <laughs> you should really and digest that and be like, wow, you know, like that was really something special. Like, you know, like for me to accomplish that, like, I, I, I don't know, like, I guess for me, uh, especially playing for the Broncos and literally where I sat in the dressing room, I sat across from the wall where oh, it was yeah. like most goals, most points, like, you know where it was up on the wall there. Yeah. I sat on that part. Like, so I would look right up on every <laughs> period, every time. So I, it was like ingrained in my mind, right? So I was yeah. just, to me, I was just like, wow. Like, you know, I was always, uh, always just amazed Thank by you. that. So I hope that you take, you know, you take the time to, to really reflect on that. Um, and I know the town of Swift Current just thinks the world of you. Uh, I, I, my first, uh, you know, I said I take a lot of pride in it, obviously. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a 
a great accomplishment and it was back in the day but i said you know today i, I appreciate a little bit more because of, you know we were still a red line and yeah. <laughs> we had to break we had to do all the all the dirty work i had to, you know but i said the game has changed a lot the guys are so fast today and so talented and you know it's, it's such an amazing game that uh you know to watch it evolve the way it has um especially through this pandemic and everything watching those old hockey games you just want to go really yeah, <laughs> right we're watching those old other games going like come on those guys went or, or watching the islanders really they went four in a row but yeah. you know like they were there was it was a different time yeah. you know and obviously i was in a different time so you know i said i share those accomplishments and i said now the days when i get invited to alumni or, or get to do stuff i was in that hockey game in Swift Current with you know Wendell Clark and Lightning McDonald, Darcy Tucker, um, all these big name guys who got to skate with, and I get to take my family there. I get to my boys, you know, we got to meet Joe right there. <laughs> my son cheers for color. Also, he's meeting Joe Sack. Those are the moments that today mean mean more to me than anything. Right, is that was regaining those um, relationships, building them trying to regain that trust that I, I blew up so many years ago. Um, you know, my, my kids are precious and the, the time with them now, my oldest boy, Tayson, he's, you know, just recently got married, you know, got a lovely wife, Haley. They, uh, you know, they're looking at grandchildren somewhere down the road here, you know, and it's, it's something like, I can't believe I don't, I get another opportunity to be, I don't know it's a grandfather, but, just to be the father that I always wanted to be um, and to be around having my youngest son, Kalen, going to state here next year up here. You know, you're just so proud of the talent that kid has and uh, the way they both play hockey. And, you know, those are the things that I look at today. Those are the things that, you know, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> right? They're going, to, Dad, you played. I said, no matter where I played, man, if I played like you guys, <laughs> I would have scored 600. Yeah. <laughs> right so yeah. you know i said i take all that into consideration nowadays but i said you know you'll gain that back Brady. and and when you do you i guarantee you uh you never take that for granted again no doubt and and i i have no doubt about it and i look forward <laughs> look forward to that day uh, i want to i question for you because i wanted to talk about your um your pro career and and how you feel about it because obviously at the time you, you're graduating from the whl and um you're going through a lot and i quickly want to ask like you came out in 2008 uh with the story but before that had you told anybody well I, I, obviously i said um drinking with somebody if you said it or something and you know at the time you know like we sheldon and you and myself nowadays we talk about having the proper tools and you know back then no one had the the tools in the toolbox or the or the the foundations or the or the the, the therapists and the, the support and they didn't have that back then so when it, when you were thinking about it, i remember when shelter came out in 97 it, they called and i'm like oh god Sheldon said something good. He's going to go to jail forever. That's it. I'll take this to my death or take it to my grave. And <laughs> he told me, 
I found out the hard way you don't take stuff like that. It may take you. Yeah. No <laughs> but, shit. You know, that's the only way I look at it now. It's like, I had to. I had to say something. You know, I pushed everyone away from me that ever loved me. Um, I broke a million and one hearts in so many years. And I said, it just, you know, it's eat me alive. And the direct result of what I thought love was and what I thought relationships were supposed to be like. And it was a direct result of everything that I'd been through. So today, when I falter, when I'm happily married to the beautiful wife, Kristen, and so, you know, when I falter, when I'm in a funk or not in the right mind frame, I have someone here to say, hello, wake up, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and, it, and it helps. So I said, you know, I'm the first person when I'm, being like that to step up and say, yeah, I'm in the wrong, but it's uh, it's something that's so, these are tools and stuff that we didn't have in the past. But I said, hey, I'm sorry, go back to your question. Playing pro, you know, you just have to, looking back, I remember when I released my name, one of the first phone calls I got was Dean Lombardi from the Sharks. And, you know, he said, Todd, why didn't you say something? You know, like, why? We knew something was wrong. We, we couldn't tell or we couldn't figure it out and, you know those are the type of guys that were calling I was like you know ultimately with hindsight's 2020 I can't go back and change it and you know what when moving forward means moving forward if I live days in the past you're just looking for trouble and so I I'm grateful that I had the opportunity if I could go back and change it all no I wouldn't I wouldn't be in the position I am today. I'm loving family, loving family and beautiful kids. Damn right. I'm glad you said that because I people always uh, ask me that question. They're like, well, if you could go back, wouldn't you wish? I'm like, nah, because I'm actually happy. Now, yeah. I, can, now I can say that. Like, you know what I mean? There was a time, yeah, though. I know. There was a time. I don't know if you can, you can uh, relate to this, but there was a time where I was living like, oh, I can't believe I'm not playing <laughs> hockey. I can't believe I screwed this mm-hmm. up. I can't believe this, that. And it, all it did was just keep me in my addiction, keep me sick, keep me all yeah. of that. And it allowed, it never allowed me to open up about all the things I was keeping inside and, and everything else. And it just, um, until I was able to accept with where, it, it, where I was exactly as I am today, uh, nothing else really mattered for me. I just kept going back to the same cycle of shit that I was doing over and over and over again. Yeah, no, that's exactly it, right? You used to compare, you know, I got that big bag of shit on my back just trying to unload it a little bit at a time so and you do you work at it right it's some people coming to me for help quite often and you try to lead them in the right direction and you know you can't help people who don't want to be helped and when they want to be helped it's just a matter of just guiding them in the right direction so um the people you need to push and try to force to get into in rehab and stuff like that it's, it's very difficult for them to to see they're they're wrong Right, and it's 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 a struggle, and you gotta be hard, and you gotta be stern, and you gotta stand to your stick to your guns. And when you're talking to these people, you really gotta be upfront. It's a, it's a long road, but it's it's a hard road, but it's worth it's worth every nick and scar and tear and everything that you've been through. So, 
Yeah, and and it certainly seems like you're on like the right path. Like I've watched uh, a few interviews, and and to be honest with you, I saw interviews of what like obviously things change, and you've obviously got <laughs> grown a lot. But if you look back to like some initial interviews, and then even just listen to you now, uh, I can tell uh, that you've grown just so much, and uh, it almost just seems like you know you're just you, like you said, you're you're confident in yourself. You're you're uh, you become the man that you always wanted to be. And, and, and that just must feel great. It, it does. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I'm, I'm the, the pillar of strength or the, the spokes child for poster child for for uh, recovery or being a survivor. I'm just saying, you know what, the, the place I'm in today is and, and the, the, my understanding of what I need to do to be a better person, I have a good grasp on. And exactly. I, you know, I, and I would, and I, uh, one of the majority things or one of the bigger things once you get that grip, grasp on that and you have a good grasp you know the other things seem to fall in place like things in my life all said instead of me worrying and trying to force that square into the round circle all of a sudden those things are starting to fall into place around me I'm like oh hey look at that <laughs> right so yeah. and it, it all came from being a good person cost zero zero dollars to be a good person right yeah that's just it i think for me that's where it all started with uh is just changing um how i treat myself and certainly how i was treating others um and you know just just changing my outlook on life i was so um uh, people listening and yourself can probably relate to this where i i was at the point where i thought every there was no good people life sucks <laughs> yeah. um everything was miserable there was no hope for any sort of happiness or any sort of um meaning like i i couldn't find reason to get out of bed in the morning like i just i couldn't mm -hmm. i couldn't care less and uh wow what a relief that i don't feel like that anymore so i think you know for people listening to like I think just taking that uh, that first initial step, like when so when you came yeah. out in two thousand and eight, um, we talked about it. Like you you came out and, and obviously you had you talked about having that support in place, uh, and and you were lucky that you had Sheldon and, and other great supports around. But still, it doesn't make it necessarily easy. Uh, what was the the trials like? Like the the ups and downs from say two thousand and eight to two thousand and twenty. Um, and, and have you had the peaks and valleys or has it continually gotten better or, or how's it been for Todd Holt, uh, from 2008 to 2020? 2008 to 2020, it's been growing, trying to work my way back into life. Um, <laughs> you know, I said, I, I, uh, was living in Calgary, single. My son wanted to move in with me out of the blue one summer, um, you know, it was a big step for me to allow him. He came out for two weeks to visit and end up staying till he graduated. Yeah. Anyways, but I said 2008 to 2020, absolutely. It always has its peaks and valleys. We're always fighting our minds. We're always fighting something. Um, it's just how you deal with it. It's you know what if you if you if you truly believe it. You can make the day better, then make it better. If you're stuck in your head and you can't get out of it, well, then find a way to do it. And and, and along the way, you, you find those ways. You, you find something, some peace or some serenity or or just chatting. You know, I share with my wife 
every time I'm in a funk. If I'm in a funk, I ask my, you got time to share? Absolutely. We'll sit down, we'll talk, we'll read, and, you know, and, and that's the biggest thing is talking. You know, so many people like you, like me, a lot of us, we we just kept it to ourselves. This is our dark secret. I heard in your intro, you're carrying that secret forever. You're carrying that secret. The only way to get rid of it is to tell. And you know what? What I learned how to do from 2008 to 2020 is to talk more and to be more open and to be more accepting. Um, I'm going to make mistakes. Absolutely. You know, I'm going to falter. <laughs> I'm only human. But when I do, it's how you recover or how you save yourself. You, you know what? I'm going to have a bad day. When I'm having a bad day, I'm the first one to look at the mirror and go, come on, let's get out of this, right? Or let's go somewhere else. Yeah. And it's important, right? So I said, that's what I've learned from 2008 to 2020. And then it's just really the understanding of Todd Holt finding out the chemical and the, the balance that I need to do every day to try to find um, my safe place. And, you know, I have a safe place, my house, my family, my support group. I don't have anyone in my life that I used to have in there that, like you said, fueled your, you, I don't have those guys anymore. I got friends. But like you, we were just talking about earlier when you said, I thought all my friends abandoned me. Yeah. <laughs> I thought all my best buddies were, I don't know, it wasn't because of them. They just they didn't want to see the idiot anymore. They didn't want to be around the gong show, right? And so when I changed, all of a sudden these people come walking back into your life. You're like, hey, where were you? <laughs> like, I was right there. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's something different, but it's, it's a good life. And, you know, all we have is our own. Stories. So, you know, my story is a little different than Leo's, a little different than Sheldon's, a little different than yours, but they all have the same kind of foundation in them to at the start, right? Yep. So, let me ask you though, in, in 2000, you were playing, you went to Austria and played after ripping up the East Coast League, like tearing <laughs> it up. Uh, you went to Austria to play and then you decided to retire. Why? Um, I was married at the time. And my wife decided not to, she didn't want to travel anymore. So she was keeping my boys in Esteban and, and ultimately I had to uh, make a choice. I turned down a three year deal to the company or to the team and, and we ended up getting separated shortly after. I had so much resentment and stuff, but, uh, but I tried to call back and go back over. They'd already, Signed two Russians for the same price as I did. So I was here. I didn't want to play in the States. And I was kind of already in that spot where my motivation was not very high. Yeah. So when when I had a good idea after 24 beer, I should go back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it lasted till about 8 o'clock the next morning when I woke up with a split and headache. Yeah, right. so, I know. Hey, uh, man, your story. You know what and, I mean? <laughs> are, I, the same shit, the same uh, resentments towards an ex to quit hockey, didn't go play because of an ex. Same shit. I did the same shit um, and then stayed home and, and just polluted myself and ended up losing my family and losing myself and everything else. However, uh, reined it back in. Um, but let me ask you then, 
five years, no hockey. Yeah, then uh, come out of retirement to play some senior. What was that like? Oh, it was fantastic. You know, I sort of got the opportunity to go play some high-level hockey that I, I think that was unbelievable to see the talent level of, of some of the, the, the kids up north. Um, Travis and the Cunningham, Travis Kelly and Junior Cunningham was our starting line. Unbelievable players. Um, the Mark LeClaire was our goalie. Kip Noble, Steel Flurry, Gino Ojek. Like, come on. This Doty is like a Lick. dream team. Doty, you know, like all these guys. And I said, well, all those guys were this was the Lakovics, Sasha and Greg. Like, come on. It was just unbelievable. And so when you when you when you're a part of that after your career you get it's almost like that one last you know what? Let's give her boys. And and they kinda of, we kinda of grew as a team like that and you know, it was it was a good hurrah, last hurrah. And I said then I said I was playing for Milestone in senior A, going for the senior A provincial title, and some kid hit me from behind, broke my ribs, and I said, smell you later. <laughs> <laughs> I walked off the ice, never. I play rec. I did a few uh, Flames alumni when I first moved out here, helped out the, the Flames alumni, did some events like that. I do charity events, and play on a regular team. I used to play quite a bit more, but it's trying to get me on the off the couch at 9:45 on a Sunday or 10 o'clock it's pretty hard so <laughs> yeah no doubt no <laughs> doubt it's always nice to get back on the ice though I bet it's fantastic I was just out there today my good friend Jamie Colby he's an old friend from back home his son and his team were they had a rented the ice out here in Cochrane and he asked if I'd come out and show the kids they used to have my own toddler shooting camp just teaching fundamentals and uh yeah went out on the ice for, for an hour with those guys today and it's always great you know and my son Kalen comes out and helps me and when the kids are doing other drills they can work on him and, you know it's it's uh it's good to have the the knowledge and everything it's 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 just hard at 48 <laughs> watch watching the talent go away right but, uh, <laughs> i used to always no go ahead no go ahead i was just saying i said it I used to always watch the, the older guys and watch them and they're like, oh, he sucks now. <laughs> and now. Right? And some of the guys are like, oh, you used to have me, your hands used to be so good. I'm like, oh, they're still there. It's just not the same. You're, they put you on this pedestal up there, right? Like you're going to be like that your whole life. I'm like, come on, boy, don't put that pressure on me. <laughs> That's so funny. But have you thought about actually uh, coaching? You know, I, I thought of it when I first retired, and you know, my my intensity level was just too high, and and everything I was doing in my life was just everything was too high, <laughs> right? <Yeah>. I was <laughs> I was I was dysfunctional. I wasn't able to be on time. You know, all that stuff that that people that we used to do. And I said, um, you know, uh, today it would just be the commitment level. You know, I said, I love watching. I love watching my kids. Um, you know, my my Justin Ferguson, my stepson, you know, he played house at home, and I loved to watch him. I tried to coach him the last year, and the coach said I was a little overqualified. I said, well, I don't mind. But ended up, I didn't. But, you know, there's, that's what I get the 
I, I hit pedal today because I like watching kids and just doing that. I don't think I could coach at a high level. I had a couple of guys approach me trying to take a band of AAA teams or midget AAA teams. And I, you know, there was a time when I thought, yep, I think I'd be good at it. And I, I truly think I, I could succeed. But at the same time, it's, it's a big commitment. And, you know, my biggest commitment right now in life is to Todd to keep this keep these wheels on the track so um as long as that's going as long as the train's still on the track then i'm content with what i'm doing right now that's awesome how much do you do for for your recovery and and for uh just your well-being with everything that's happened like today well today it's, it's a little different today obviously you know i said i uh many years ago i my wife asked what it would be like if i had some wine with her and stuff and you know i said i don't i don't know i said i know what it was like but you know today i'll, I'll never be a professional drinker and i'll never be a drinker like i ever was but you know i said to to be able to do that and sit down with the family and and, and enjoy a drink or whatever with the family i i, I cherish it today because I, it, it scares the living shit out of where it didn't before before it was just something that I was so far gone that I couldn't even come back. But now I, I feel it has something that has meaning and has something I know if I ever went down that road again, I know what I lose and I know what I have to, and I know how quickly it can happen. So, you know, understanding that is, is one of the biggest things in my life. I love that because, you know, I, I'll say quickly, like, you know, I've been in and out of, um, I say recovery, but I, you know how you said you're not the poster boy for recovery. Either am I. Um, and, and there was a time when I was, you know, I was like, oh, uh, in the, I love meetings. I think meetings are great. I, I think just one, like me and you talking right now, that's great. That's a meeting as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but I think that some of the things these principles that they teach in some of these programs, like I know NA, oh, you couldn't drain or you can't in AA, you couldn't talk about drugs because they think that that's worse or whatever. And, uh, yeah. it, I don't know. And then it was just like, oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. So I was like <laughs> walking this fine line of like really trying to, to navigate. And it's like, then when I would fall off where I, you know, have, you know, one drink or yep. whatever, um, you know, I would, I would feel so guilty and so bad that it would, you know what I mean? That it would, that I would, instead of going back to the meetings or staying in that recovery, I'd be like, Oh shit, I screwed up. So I would just go way off the rails. So now, so now I love what you say (laughs) about being able to enjoy one drink because now you cherish it where, because it scares the shit out of you. I feel the same way. I feel the exact same way where I, there's been times in the, I think in the last six months I've had one one drink or seven months one drink like maybe four months ago when mm-hmm. it's seven months clean but i smoke i smoke weed every day i i talk about yep. that every day um but um, i'm trying to cut back a little bit but so to yep. me when i say i'm clean um i'm not clean on some people's level <laughs> however i don't care anymore because i know it works for me and that's important that you understand that and i said some people can't some people will never understand and some people think it's black or white and it's hard to it's hard to explain that I've, I've seen people in the program for 25 years 30 years and then i said after my utmost respect for all of those people that's it's an amazing accomplishment and that's what they do to 
that's their recovery. That's right. I respect that. I respect that. And I'll always respect people in recovery and, and have never forced a drink or anything on anyone. So I said, you know, in saying that, you know what, what that works for me or what that works working for me, it, I'll, I'll keep, you know, I said, I can't say, you should try this, but this is ever. I've chosen a path and like I said, I'll keep my side of the street clean always. Yeah. And that's all I need to do. Yeah. And that's if people have an issue. They, they can clean up their side. That's such good advice. I love that. That is uh that's perfect advice. And that's the biggest thing is I found, uh, you know, people are very, they want to ridicule and judge other people. And I, I mean, I was guilty of it too. Um, when in fact, it, you know, just like you said, just worry about cleaning up your side of the street um, and they can worry about their side. And, and that's such good advice. And I think, hey, Walter, um, I got to get going because I got to get going on the ice. Yeah. But we got to we got to catch up for a part two. Maybe uh, maybe one of these days uh, in the wintertime, if I am having this three on three tournament, if it happens, you and you and Kaelin will have to come out here, man. I'm telling you uh, in Muskoka on the lake yeah. puck sport foundation tournament uh, i'm going to talk a little bit more about it in the outro but yeah i'd love to i'd love to get together with you one day if not then uh one of these days at the swift current broncos alumni golf tournament i look forward to it i appreciate everything you're doing keep up the good work really okay hey todd Lo man. love you buddy i love you too buddy hey listen thank you so much um for being strong uh and, and just standing up for yourself but not only for yourself um, but for all of us that have struggled with similar things, because, you know, um, what you did uh, back in 2008, that was years before I came out. And, and it's certainly helped me. And this conversation has helped me more than um, you may ever know. And more than that, I think, you know, we talked uh, a few months ago and that really, really helped me. So thank you, Todd. I truly appreciate it, buddy. You're a good man. Keep up the good work for you. Love you, bud. Love you too, bud. Talk soon. Take care, bud. Well, guys, that's episode 53 of Hockey to Heroin, The Road to Recovery. Huge, huge thanks to Todd Holt. Uh, what, a, what a strong, strong guy and uh, someone that I really look to uh, for inspiration and, and have uh, since I started the podcast especially. And he's uh, taken the time to, to reach out to me more than once and talk to me on the phone more than once. And um, offered uh, his support and guidance uh, through some of the things that I'm going through which are similar uh, to the things that he's gone through and uh, for that Todd I'm uh, so grateful thank you um, and thank you for all that you, you have done and uh, I'm very proud of you man uh, for for getting it all together again and uh, I know it's not perfect and like you said you're not the pillar uh, of recovery or anything and that's okay either am I uh, but all that matters is uh, you're enjoying life and um, spending time with your kids and living, right? Because uh, it sounds like you weren't doing that for a long time and I wasn't either. So um, it's amazing that we're both on the right track and uh, I'm so happy to be able to call you a friend, Todd. So thank you, man. And uh, I look forward to one day um, being able to actually meet you in person and, and sitting down and shooting the shit with you. Um, yeah, looking forward to that day big time. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, I know I say it all the time, but listen, without all the support and without people listening, um, 
there'd be no point of this. And, you know, I hope, I truly hope that, you know, when you're listening uh, to Hockey to Heroin, Road to Recovery, and uh, if you are one of the few that watches me on, on Facebook or Instagram and supports those videos, thank you. But more than anything, it's just my hope that, you know, maybe you hear something from me or maybe more importantly, one of my guests, such as Todd Holt, um, and it helps you. Maybe it'll encourage you to, to reach out and get the help that you need, or maybe it'll help you understand a situation that's going on around you that maybe you maybe didn't really notice or you didn't care to understand it before. Or, you know, maybe you just have a little more compassion for people going through mental health and addiction. Um, and if that's all that comes out of you listening to this, then hey, I think I've done a pretty good job. And uh, again, I owe it a lot to my guests. Thank you to everybody that's come on the show. Um, I've been so lucky. I'm so grateful um, to have all that I have today. Though materialist, materialized, materialistic-wise, I really don't have a lot. But man... I feel so rich uh, and it all starts with my attitude and then from there the people I have in my life wow I'm so lucky I'm so grateful and I find it hard to believe that if you're listening to this if you're hearing my voice right now I find it hard to believe that you don't have a lot to be grateful for too you know and uh for me, once I changed my attitude, my perspective, everything else changed. And, uh, you know, I start to look at things differently, start to look at people differently. People start to look at me differently. I start to treat people differently. And most importantly, I started to treat myself differently. I started to treat myself with respect and love and, you know, positive self-talk. I'm still not there all the time, but I swear to God, Little things like this mean and make the world of difference, not only in, you know, my life, but I know it makes a difference in other people's lives, such as my dad and Taylor. And, and you know, when, when I'm doing well, the people that love and care about me are doing better too, right? And in turn, I can be there for them um, and, and help support them. And it just feels like for the last 10 years or whatever, everybody's been worried about me and scared of me or nervous of me or you know and I just don't want people to have to feel that way anymore I just you know I, I really feel that like I'm on the right path and that you know people like my dad can take a big deep breath and be like hey Brady is okay made some mistakes but he's okay <laughs> and I'm gonna be okay I know I am uh, because I choose to be um, what a great what a great night as I sit here and I record this it's almost 3 a.m. Uh, Eastern time uh, I spoke to Todd Holt earlier in the day and uh, I had to go because Matt and I had to go and uh, get on the ice and uh, we had a little scrimmage a little scrim dog and uh, so much fun yeah, seriously, now anytime I get to put on my skates and stuff, I don't take it for granted. Um, 
you know, I was saying to Matt today, I was like, you know, I wish I could just go back to my 20-year-old self for one hour just so I could skate um, and handle a puck with, you know, my ability at 20 years old and with my legs at 20 years old and just appreciate all the hard work and time that not only I put in, uh, but, you know, my dad and, and other people like my coaches and stuff have put in uh, throughout all the years, you know, and just skate for that hour and just really appreciate the strength in my legs and my hands and the way I can shoot the puck. And, um, you know, I was able to do that tonight, but I know my legs aren't there and my hands aren't there. Um, but that's not to say they can't get there. I'm happy to report that I got two goals and four assists and uh, felt a hell of a lot better uh, than I did uh, three weeks ago when I was on the ice with Matt. So it's progress, not perfection. We're back on the ice again. Uh, tonight it is three in the morning, a Saturday morning. Uh, so tonight or this afternoon. Um, and then I'm back home to Utterson to Muskoka Sunday. Matt is driving me back to Muskoka and him and I will be together in the Matthew Lazinski Memorial Studio doing work, getting it done, and making it happen um, in memory of Matthew Lazinski, at which time Peter and Nancy Lazinski, Matthew Lazinski's parents, are going to come up. And that might be a day um, that is so emotional, um, so honoring, and a day that I will feel so privileged um, to just to be alive and to get to meet Matthew's parents and, and just share with them what we're doing. Um, we can't bring him back, but we can remember him the right way. Um, and uh, that's what we're gonna continue to do. If you wanna help support the great cause that is the Pucksport Foundation, uh, financially, you can do so on the GoFundMe page. The Gratitude Crusade is going on in Matthew Fazinski's name. We had two great donations from Adawin Sink and Bubblewin Sink, uh, friends of mine with the Maxwell Mustangs and friends of Matt Thompson's, in which they were both on the ice tonight. Um, they both made $50 contributions today. So thank you guys, and thank you to everybody that's donated. I'm going to remind you once again that everybody who donates doesn't matter what the dollar amount contribution is it could be one dollar could be a million dollars if you donate through throughout the process of the gratitude crusade on the gofundme page you will be put on the matthew lazinski memorial wall of gratitude which will be located in the matthew lazinski memorial studio in utterson which will be the interim head office for the puck support foundation so it's pretty amazing that's gonna be my podcast studio it's gonna be my office um, and it's gonna be a shrine to Matthew Lazinski and all of our fallen brothers and sisters uh, that have lost their battle with mental health and addiction and uh, are no longer here to share their stories guys girls many people in the hockey community struggle every single day they're struggling right now Somebody somewhere in the hockey community right now is awake 
well, they should be sleeping and not because they're recording a podcast like me, but because they're dealing with mental health or they're dealing with addiction. And to me, that's unacceptable. The hockey family is a brotherhood, a sisterhood. It is a family. It is just that. It's time that we rally together. If you want to get involved, the door is wide open for everybody. We encourage people to get involved. We want your help. We need your help. And yes, we do need money. And I'll say this again. We will not be relying on GoFundMe pages in the near future. I wish we didn't have to now. I wish I had a million dollars in my bank account that could just fund this thing and I could just pay for people's treatments and pay for their counseling and do whatever they need to to happen. But I just don't have those resources yet. But we'll get there. And you can help us get there to the point where we can get government grants and go after larger donors by you donating five dollars ten dollars twenty dollars fifty dollars what the incredible hundred dollars but i know times are tough can you afford five dollars you can help build this incredible foundation that is the puck support foundation so i pose this question can you afford five dollars right now if you can please please donate to the puck support foundation but if you can't all i ask is that you share Share the Puck Support Foundation with your friends and family. Let people know who we are. And just, if you can volunteer your time, please do. Email us, team at pucksport.com. Website, www.pucksport.com. Social media at Puck Support. And if you want to email me directly, you can do so, brady at pucksupport.com. I'm gladly um, taking emails, and I try to get back to everybody in a timely fashion. Um, I can't always do so, but I work my hardest. Um, so please be patient. Um, and if you're not hearing back from me, don't be shy. Send me another message. Um, I don't think you're being rude or aggressive or anything. I love to hear from people. And uh, sometimes I just get forgetful with everything going on. I'm busy. Um, and my brain's still pretty scattered from the drug abuse and the concussions and all of it. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure if I'll ever get back to feeling quote-unquote normal Uh, but if I feel the way that I feel uh, like this for the rest of my life I'll be okay and uh, I'm good with that in fact I'm more than good with that and uh, I look forward to everything that comes my way and I look forward to more than anything to being with my kids Brooklyn and Brody once again Um, I'm going for that hair follicle drug test soon If anyone's following my story, I have to get a hair follicle drug test. I have to be six months clean. I'm seven months clean. I'm not sure if they're going to accept me back. My kids are a little bit older now, but I'll never stop trying. Brooklyn Brody, I love you guys so much. I think about you all the time, all day, every day. Um, As great as I'm doing, as happy as I am, I will always feel empty without you guys in my life. Uh, but that's not, that will never be a reason for me to continue using or to stay in my mental health illness or no. In fact, what it's doing now is it's driving me to keep moving forward so that I can be the dad that I want to be, that I am, 
and that you guys deserve. So guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all the support. Times are not easy all the time for me. I know sometimes it seems like maybe I got it all figured out or I'm happy and I have this happy-go-lucky attitude. And yes, I do. I, I try my best. But I still struggle every single day, just like everybody else. I have problems, just like everybody else. And I have to deal with them, just like everybody else. And I have to make choices, just like everybody else. And I used to make the choice to you know use drugs uh to numb me out in that and uh today i don't make that choice and if you're in addiction right now drinking drugs you don't have to make those choices either you can stop right now if you need somebody to talk to reach out to me reach out to me i'll gladly give you my phone number plus it's already on my website so anyways you can find it if you need it use it anytime If I don't answer, send me a text message. If you're not comfortable talking to me, I'll find someone or I will will work tirelessly to find someone that you are comfortable talking to. Before I let you guys go, I want to share one piece of incredible news. On October 1st, I am traveling down to the city, to Oakville, Ontario, near Toronto, to have a dental consultation through Rob McDougall, who is an incredible cartoonist artist, an incredible human being, and an incredible friend to me now. Uh, He's designed the Pucksport logo, or part of it. Uh, He designed the Hockey to Heroin logo. Uh, He's also sent me a tragically hit picture of Gord Downey that he drew, which is incredible. Um, More than anything, he's been there uh, to lend his ear and to, to give me little pieces of, you know, advice and guidance. And then he did something incredible. He went out and he found somebody to, to help me pay for my teeth. If you know me, I'm missing my four front teeth uh, from my days in the Western Hockey League. And uh, he has found an angel to donate $4,000 and a guy by Raymond Salinas from Port Coquitlam, British Columbia, my hometown, has also offered two thousand dollars guys that's right that is two people offering me six thousand dollars to get my teeth fixed and you know what i feel the whl should pay for them and maybe they will but i'm going on october 1st and i'm getting the consultation and we're starting the process and you know what i'm going to do after i get my teeth fixed i'm going to start a campaign a little side project down the road once i get everything else dialed in to help other hockey players that have lost their teeth that don't have the support that they should have when they left it all on the ice literally including their teeth and when all they wanted was their teeth fixed they couldn't get that help not anymore because of people like Rob McDougall Raymond Salinas and the other angel that I'll name at a later date so thank you there's so many amazing people in the world We just have to open our eyes, change our minds, change our attitudes, change our perspective, guys. I hope you all had a great weekend, a great day. Take care of each other. Please, no drinking, no driving. And remember, there's no reason to to suffer in silence. There's lots of help out there. All you have to do is reach out and ask. It's there, guys. There are good people. I know. I used to think there weren't. 
But now I know, and I don't have to look too far. I'm very lucky to have Taylor in my life and all of her family and my family, like my dad, my mom, and friends like Matt Thompson. And I guarantee you have people in your life that you're grateful for. So when you press stop on this podcast, make sure that you reach out to the people you love and say, hey, mom, hey, dad, hey, wife, hey, husband, hey, friend. Thank you. I love you. I'm grateful for you. That's my challenge today. Remember, guys, check out the GoFundMe page. Check out teamissue.ca. And remember, guys, have a great day if you so choose.